Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we're in a series entitled The God Kind of Life. That's the title of our series, and we have been looking the last several weeks in Ephesians. Josh finished that up for us last week. We're still in the series, The God Kind of Life. Now we're going to be looking at the God kind of life in 1 John. Uh, This is, once again, this is not a verse-by-verse study of 1 John. Look, give me some one, two, three steps. What does the God kind of life look like? Okay, the way I find that out is go to the Bible. Here's what the God kind of life looks like. So we're going to go next to 1 John chapter 1 and find out what does the God kind of life look like. Well, first of all, we got to talk about really what we are up against this year with our theme. You got to understand what we're doing this year is very hard. This is a very hard year for us because we have a sin nature. We're talking about living the God kind of life. Well, that's not easy to do because There is a sin nature that we are dealing with. And that's what 1 John chapter 1 talks about. You can write this down. There is sin. Really? That's revelation to this culture. That's really? Yeah, write this down. There is sin. There is. Now, the way you spell that is S-I-N, sin. See, we're all born with a sin nature, and that nature wants to control us. Romans 8 says, don't be controlled by that sin nature. It has always been and always will be hostile to God. We're trying to live the God kind of life. Well, there's a nature that we're born with that's hostile to that kind of life. Have you experienced hostility? Yeah, that's what we're experiencing right now in in this culture that we're living in. It's hostility toward the God kind of life. That's not new. Romans chapter 8 talked about that. This isn't new at all. It's hostile toward God. The sin nature wants to control your mind. Don't let it. Now, our life starts out as an infant controlled by the sin nature. Very soon, we're two years old and we're controlled by the sin nature. Pretty soon we're five years old, and we're controlled by the sin nature. Soon we're a teenager and playing around with our friends and a little sip and a little snort and a little, see, it's fun, oh boy, the sin nature, it's fun. And we start having fun, and we start out on the wrong path. See, we're headed in the wrong direction, and we started in the wrong direction when we were born. We have a sin nature, and that sin nature starts us on the wrong direction of being led by sin. And that's what chapter 1 is about. I live my life trying to, and let's just throw this out, I live my life trying to lessen the number of ways the devil can get me. See, he's very active, and he's very involved in trying to get me, so the I, the best thing I can do is lessen the number of tools 
that he has against me. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong. Tim showed me there's nothing wrong with a little sip with my friends. My friends and I, we just have a little sip together. I don't ever have a little sip. I don't ever have it in my house. I don't have it in my truck. I don't have it in my cabinets. I don't have it in my refrigerator. That is a door that is closed to me, so the devil can't ever lure me with that. When pressure comes, when stress comes, that little sip is handy. I can tell you where the sin nature will lead me. I know how that goes, so I want to take that tool out of his hands. Carrie was gone for three or four days this last week. She went to a women's conference in Nashville, Tennessee. She was gone for a few days. I did not have a girl over to my house to have dinner and watch TV. Show me in the Bible where that's wrong. Show me in the Bible where it's wrong to have a girl over at my house. Okay, it's not wrong for me to have a girl over in my house, but that's a step in the wrong direction. See, that is, are you getting this? I'm not arguing with you where that is in the Bible to show you that's wrong. That is a door that's open. That's a step in the wrong direction. See, I don't go where a bunch of drugs are being used. Why? Show me in the Bible where it's wrong. Look here, I'm just telling you that's a step in the wrong direction. I'm not out at 4 a.m. by myself walking around in a neighborhood through the alleyways in people's houses. Show me in the Bible where it's wrong. Jesus walked alone often. Here's what I'm telling you. That's a step in the wrong direction. You're going to get yourself in trouble at 4 a.m. by yourself. Show me in the Bible where that's wrong. We got to get off of that. And you got to understand that's a step in the wrong direction. That's a step in your life that you, are you getting this? Don't even go here with me. I understand sin. I understand a sin nature. And I understand other people have sin nature. I understand that. So I don't want to open the door or pave the way for sin nature. That's what we're talking about in 1 John. There's sin. There is sin. And that's news to this culture. You know, it really started out with me as an infant. Just the first day or two, I was home from the hospital. My mom had had a hard day. Been 36 hours of labor. I just cried all night anyway. Made her get up. Get up and come rock me. I don't care if you had a hard day. See, it started at just a couple of days old. My sin nature being in control. See, sin nature don't think about anybody else. Doesn't think about anybody else's needs. All it was, me, my gratification, my pleasure. Well, that started early, just two days old. Then first thing you know, I was two. Toys were everywhere, but I took the toy away from the other two-year-old I was playing with. Why can't you play with this one? I want that one. She didn't give it to me, so I just bit her. <laughs> you know, at five, my mom said, did you do that? No, I didn't do that. I was a chronic liar at four, five. Six. You know, it didn't, it didn't, then all of a sudden you're 12. Then, see, I understand the progress of the sin nature. Soon you're married and still controlled by sin nature. Very soon you're a parent and now you're still controlled by a sin nature. Parenting. 
Are you getting this? See, it's a sin nature that we got to be aware of. Pretty soon, life is just not working. And you've learned the hard way just having a little fun didn't pan out too well for you. What started out to be a little fun, a little amusement, you and your buddies just sharing some fun times together, you know what? That didn't go where I wanted it to go. I came to God, gave my life up. God, you take over. And then began a process. Now, this is not told by the modern-day church today. All we're told is you just come down front and repeat these three little deals here, and then you're good to go. No, 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 that hadn't been the way it has been for me. I was programmed by a sin nature, and now I'm spending a lifetime being transformed. Now I'm spending a lifetime changing habitual reactions. That sin nature, here's what you react. That sin nature, here's how you handle that. That sin nature, here's what comes out of my mouth. Now I'm a lifetime trying to control what automatically comes out of my mouth, birthed from a sin nature. See, 1 John chapter 1 makes us aware there is Sin. There is sin. Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, changing the way we think. Corinthians, take every thought captive. Ephesians and Colossians, put off this old nature. Put on this new nature. And that's what we're focusing on this year. As Ephesians tells us, we are to become more and more like him. More and more like him. Less and less like that old person that I used to be. See, more and more like him, less and less like that two-year-old, like that four-year-old that you were. See, more and more, I'm responding like him, less and less, and this is a lifetime. Our life for all of us as believers is a transformation, a changing of that old sin-led nature. And, and, and 1 John chapter 1 opens our eyes to sin. And it says there is sin. And you have to know that. you got to recognize it. you got to stop it. And, and you do so by stopping it at entry-level positions in your life. And, and this series is all about learning how to live the God kind of life. Learning how to live. That's what we're doing Wednesday night after Wednesday night, book after book, chapter after chapter. Here's how we live the God kind of life, learning to identify sin nature. And here's what I'm telling you. As fun as that is right now, here's where that will take you. As fun as that is and as innocent as it is, I can read in the Word. I've lived long enough to know here's where that will take take you. Here's the path that that will put you on. Here's a new nature, and this path will lead to life and peace. Here's the crisis that we're dealing with in modern-day Christianity, and we see it all all across the board. We see this. The crisis in modern-day Christianity, we've been shaped since the 1930s, and we talk about this a lot, when Billy Sunday was the very first evangelist to have people at the end of the service come down front and repeat a deal. 
And he did that so he could count the numbers of converts that he had so that then he could turn in. Here's, I had 27 converts. We had 500 converts. We had 300 converts. We had, and he gave a number of how many that came down. And so we wanted to measure our services. So we started counting and that became adopted for the church. And, and that's not found in Bible anywhere. That was brand new in the 1930s. It says they heard the word and believed. And numbers were added to the. They heard the word. They heard Peter preach. They heard the word and they believed. They heard the word and believed. Now, what is damaging about that is we have now been raised in a couple of generations of this. I repeated the deal. I'm good to go. Jesus gets you. Okay, hold on. You're not good to go. That, that's not the way this works. Because you said the deal, because you slipped a hand up and slipped it right back down and nobody was looking around, doesn't mean that you have renewed your mind, that you've washed your mind, that you've put off the old nature, that you put on the new nature, that you've learned to live the God kind of life that leads to life and peace and blessings. And you said the deal, you repeated the deal, but you're still experiencing the curses of the sin nature because the sin nature is still in control of your life. And that's what has come out of this is an era of people who believe that they're good to go and God gets them. There's a transformation. There is a renewing. There is a capturing of your thoughts. Saul had an experience with God. He encountered God on the Damascus Road and became Paul. You all know the story in Acts. What we read over, because it's just a half of one sentence, we read over, and he was led into Arabia. Okay, now hold on. Let's, let's think about that. Let's study that. What, what he did, some scholars, we, we don't know how long he was in Arabia. Some scholars say three years. I've read some said up to 17 years. What was he? Saul, Saul didn't become Paul on the Damascus Road and was a world-changing evangelist. He went off to Arabia, and he learned he renewed his mind. A transformation took place. And when he came back from that encountering God, when he then went away, soaked himself in the things of God, became an, then he comes back and starts teaching, preaching, writing Romans. There is a process of renewing your mind that has to take place. Thanks for coming. That's what we're here doing. That's the reason for this little get-together I'm having here. We're going through the Bible, not as a Bible study for you to learn Ephesians, for you to learn 1 John, for you to learn Philippians, for you to learn Colossians, and I love those. I love Bible studies. Who wrote it? Who were they writing it to? What was it for? I love those verse-by-verse-by-verse studies where we go into every verse. What we're doing is looking at what does this teach us about the God kind of life? I've got to renew my mind. I've got to deal with this sin nature. What is wrong? What is right? What does the Scripture say? And that's what 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is inspired by God. What does it say? Teach us what's true. Make us realize what's wrong. It corrects us when we're wrong. And that's what we're doing. I just thought about this the other night. Alan sitting right back there, and 
I were in my rope and pen. We have a rodeo arena in our backyard. Um, I don't know how common that is. But at any rate, we have a rodeo arena in our backyard. And we turn on the lights back there and we rope steers. And as with anything you do, you can start missing. And I'm pretty good at that. <clears throat> missing. So I'm rope about, or I chase about three in a row, and I miss, and I miss, and I miss, and I come riding my horse back up, and Alan just looks at me and says, you're not following through. Your hand is coming, and it's stopping right here. He said, what you are not doing is following through with your delivery. So, I immediately say, are you judging me? My next response, oh, so now you're holier than thou. So that, you know, my next response was, well, you're not perfect. <laughs> you missed three times ago and I saw that. Now, who are you to start telling? Why do we do all of that? I don't look and say, it's my life and I can rope how I want to. It's not, he's not saying he's perfect. I'm not standing here and saying that I'm perfect. I'm not standing here saying I've never made a mistake in my... I'm just saying, if you want to live in life in peace, then here's something you might want to change in your swing. So it, it doesn't mean I'm holier than thou. And all this stuff that they say about the church, who are you to tell me what to do? Alan's not saying he's perfect. Alan's not saying he never misses. He just saw what I did. He saw why I missed, and if you don't want to miss on this next run, here's what you ought to do. I can see you don't have any peace. I can see you don't have any joy, and I can look at what you're just doing on this last run you just made, and here's why that's not working for you. Are you judging me? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just telling you, are you getting this? Are you, are you saying, see, I'm just telling you, if you want a good marriage, if you want a blessed life, if you want financial, whatever it is in your life, I just watch your last couple of runs, and here's where you're missing it. Here, here's where you're making a mistake. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm just telling you what I saw. As we look at 1 John chapter 1, we see some direction. We see some things to work on in our life. And, and as, as we said, that's what we're doing as we're looking, not a verse-by-verse -verse study of that. What does that say about how to live life? 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. In four verses, the word sin is called five times. Now, this is revelation to this era. I, once again, let me, I'm just addressing where we are. Well, Tim, I know sin. I understand sin. Well, the, not, the rest of the world doesn't. Because, see, the rest of the world thinks they're sick and need a pill. See, the rest of the world thinks, well, I've, I, was, I have a sickness and I need a pill. N no, you're in sin. See, you're in sin. Well, I, 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 I was born this way. You, you were born in sin. See, and this is a concept that we are learning as we read about Sin. No re personal responsibility that can just say, I sinned. I blew that. We just can't say that. It's what my dad did to me 37 years ago. 
I mean, we got to blame somebody or something or some sickness or some disease. Or, I sinned. You're not living in truth if you're going on living in sin. That's what, that's what we learn in chapter one. You're not living in truth if you go on practicing sin. We are to live in truth, not practice sin. Now, the clear lesson that 1 John chapter 1 gives us about the God kind of life is there is sin. The next lesson that it gives us is we're not to live in it. We're not to practice it. But when we do, Tim, are you saying you're perfect? No, I'm saying I'm not living in sin. I'm not practicing sin. That's not what I do. But when you do mess up, and we do, then here's the way you handle it. When, chapter 1 says, when you do mess up, you don't practice sin, don't live in sin, but when you blow it, go to God. It says, go confess our sins to him. Confess our sins to him. We don't confess our sins to the priest. We don't go to the priest and confess our sins. We go to God. We have direct access to God through Jesus. And, and chapter 1 says, go to him and confess our sin. For sure you don't go and say, I was born this way. Well, I was born this way. No, you go to him and confess our sin. You don't go to a doctor and get a prescription. You go to him and confess your sin. You go to God, you confess sin. Then, here, here's what, you got to get this, chapter 1 teaches. Then it says, God is faithful and just, how many can say hallelujah? <laughs> to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Thank you, <laughs> amen. Standing ovation. Say amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right, now, here is what we're learning here. I want to live the God kind of life. Then don't sin. Don't practice sin. Now, you're going to mess up. And when you do, here's what you do. You go to God. You confess to Him. And He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Now, here, here's what, and I'm talking to this culture today that believes there is no sin. You do what you feel like doing. You do what your fleshly nature wants to do. You do what your carnal nature wants, to, how it wants to gratify itself. I'm talking to that culture and saying there is sin. As a matter of fact, if you claim that you have not sinned, you're calling God a liar. That's what we were learning here. If you say you haven't sinned, that there is, then you're calling God a liar, showing that his word has no place in our hearts. 1 John chapter 1 corrects this culture's thinking, there is sin. You are, in fact, born this way because you are born in sin. There is sin. You're in sin. So what do I do? What do I do? If you say you're not in sin, you're calling God a liar. Now, here's a way to handle sin. Don't excuse it. Don't blame somebody else. Don't say there is no sin. Don't say you can live your life like you want. The way to handle sin is go to God, 
confess your sin, own up to it, admit it. It's not somebody else's fault that you did it. You chose sin and you're wrong. God, I did this. I sinned. God, I was wrong. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me. Now, you need to receive that. You need to receive God's forgiveness because, underline this if you need to, He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. Now, if you are still wallowing in a sin in your life from 20 or 30 years ago, then you are putting yourself above God. God has forgiven you, and you won't forgive yourself. So are you above God? God has forgiven you. God is cleansing you. Then you're going to have to receive that forgiveness and walk in that cleansing and live victorious over that, not still telling everybody, I just feel so, I just blew it up. See, I'm not wallowing in my sin. Why am I not wallowing in sin? Because I've been forgiven. And I have been cleansed. You deal with sin according to God's word. Then you live set free. Now, we're looking at this, how to live the God kind of life. God, when you confess and you ask for forgiveness, does not hold your past against you. We don't want to forgive somebody else. Now, I want to deal with this for just a minute. There is something in us that does not want to forgive because it keeps a little bullet in my pistol that I can come out and use against you because don't make me bring up what you did. Don't, don't, do I need to bring that up, what you did? See, marriages can't move forward because they won't forgive. See, I want to bring up what you did and whip you about it. See, I want to bring up a, a, a dad that abused, a woman that hurt you, somebody that did. See, I want to keep that because at any time I may need to wave that and remind you of what you did to me. Now, you can't live free until you forgive. You can't. Holding unforgiveness is not the God kind of life because God forgives. The God kind of life is a life of forgiving. You don't duck. You don't hide. You don't feel ashamed. You don't hate yourself. God forgave you. Now let's live free because chapter 1 says, He is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Can anybody say, thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. This mentality is, is rampant today. Number one, not forgiving ourselves. And all of the emotional problems in life are go back to people who can't forgive themselves about what they did 30 years ago what they did 40 years ago, they can't forgive themselves and it's causing all kinds of emotional problems in life because they won't forgive themselves. The next problem is we won't forgive other people. We won't forgive others. 
just an example here, the slavery issue. For those few that owned slaves some 200 years ago, that was sin. That was sin. There's no excusing it. God's Word says the kidnapping and selling of a person, that guy will be put to death. It's sin. The slavery deal was sin. The only way to be free is to forgive. Now, this demanding of reparations from hard-working people today who never owned a slave, I didn't own any slave, nor did my father, nor did my grandfather, nor did my great-great, we got to go back 200 years. I, I didn't own any slave, but see, that sin is appalling to me. That sin is appalling to me that you would buy somebody and sell another human being that is that God created and formed in his image. I mean, that is appalling to me. But now for you to demand that I pay, are you getting this? For you to demand that I pay reparations for that is you wanting to keep a bullet in your gun for you can whip people about something that wasn't even done to you. Here's my point. All the money and reparations in the world are not going to bring peace until you forgive. Slavery was a sin. It was a sin against people. 1 John chapter 1 says, the way you deal with sin is go back and pay reparations. No, I mean, excuse me. 1 John chapter 1 says the way you deal with sin is how? Forgive. Forgive. That's the way you handle this. There's got to be forgiveness. It's handled with forgiveness. It's not handled with reparations. Slavery wasn't done to you, but it was sin. Well, what was done to you? What was done to you that was sin? This was done to you 10 years ago, 20 years ago. This was done to you. Somebody else was in sin, and they abused you. They used you. They put themselves on you. They hurt. This was, there was a sin against you. If reading a book helps you, I'm great. If getting counseling helps you, that's great. I'm proud for you. But the only way for you to be set free for the sin that was done to you is forgive the one who did it to you. That's what we just learned. Are you getting it? The only way. Now, get counseling and talk about it from now on if that's going to be. But if you want to be set free from sin, what was done to you was sin. You know, I got this? It was sin. What was done to you was sin. Now, the only way for you to be set free from sin is to forgive. That's the only way. That's what it shares with us. To live the God kind of life. 1 John chapter 1 teaches us we got to understand sin. we got to call it sin. We've got to identify sin. we got to recognize that all of us have sinned. And if you sin, man, you go to God. And you confess to God. You repent to God. And you receive your forgiveness because he's just and faithful to forgive you. And if another person has sinned toward you, Forgive that person just as God has forgiven you. We're learning to live the God kind of life. 
1 John chapter 1 is vital to doing that because there is sin. And we got to learn to run from it. Run from the gateways that lead to sin. Run from open doors that would cause you to get involved in sin. Stay away from compromising situations in your life. Guard yourself because I live very aware of my sin nature. And I live very aware of other people's sin nature. So, let's just all be in our house at 9.30 at night. I understand my sin nature, and I understand other people's sin nature. So, I'm going to be careful where I go. I'm going to be careful what I do. I'm going to be careful where I surround myself, because I understand sin is real. From time to time, I blow it. I wish I wouldn't. hate it when I do. When I do, God, I come to you, and I say, I blew it here. I'm asking you to forgive me, and now I'm fixing to get up. And I'm going to walk free. I'm going to walk forgiven of the sin that I've done. And I'm going to live cleansed and set free from sin. Amen. Y'all stand. Lord, we thank you for direction for our life. This year, as we're learning to live your kind of life, as we're learning to do this, we're renewing our minds. We're washing our minds with your word. Or that sin nature that we were born with. That sin nature that has plagued us since we were one day old. Lord, we stand firm against that sin nature because we understand it leads to death. Lord, we want to walk after the things of the Spirit and be led by you. As our life is lived, the kind of life that you created us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.